Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live.
for you, man. What's that? Is this a good time for you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right. Jake got called away. He's um, setting some stuff up for the women's final four. So, like, um, he he's out of Columbus. I'm out of Cleveland. So that's kind of how we do things. But he's not going to be able to join us. So um, what I would like to do is just uh, try to do a quick one. Like I said, it would be about 15 minutes. And then we get you back sometime next week and get the full podcast going because he's the real huge baseball guy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I love baseball. Don't get me wrong. But um, – He's an umpire on the side and stuff like that, like for uh, youth baseball and stuff. So, like, I just – I know he's chomping at the bit to uh, always mix it up whenever we get a guest on to talk baseball. So, Good. All right. Um, you good with the questions and everything? Yeah. Let me just run over and look these up real quick. I took a look at them earlier, but I just want to make sure I have them in front of me. I mean, obviously, you're going to ask them anyway, so. Yeah, no problem. Um, um, and just so you know, like, we record to edit, so it's not like it's live or anything. Um, so, you know, if you don't like a question or something like that, you know, we're not trying to do any gotcha journalism or anything like it. We can always, I can throw the question at you again, and we can start over or something like that if you feel like you're not getting the answer or presenting the answer the way you want to. Sure. Sounds good to me. And then um, if there's any question you don't like, we don't, I mean, I'm flexible as hell, man. So, like, it doesn't matter, you know. Um, you know, honestly, if if the question comes up that I don't feel comfortable answering, I'll let you know. I, I can't imagine, like, <laughs> you know, like, it, it, we're, my website is very casual. So, like, I can't imagine that there's going to be something I'm like, oh, well, this is, you know, I I can't represent myself well by answering this question or anything like that. I got you. Yeah. All right. So I'm ready to start when you are, man. So you just let me know when you're ready, when you get a chance to look over the questions one more time. So I am here. I am ready to go. Let's do this. All right. This is with an Ohio bias, a podcast for real fans with D and Jake. And, oh, yeah, we're happy. Baseball is back. Uh, opening day here. And uh, we are so happy to be joined by a guy who has one of the best names of a website who Jake, of course, loves, alwaysthejake.com. Kyle Dunning is on the podcast. Let me say that one more time. It's Kyle. <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> about to cough in the middle of that. Kyle Downing from alwaysthejake.com joins us on the podcast. Kyle, welcome to the podcast. How's it going, my man? Oh, it's going well. You know, we're excited uh, just waiting this long wait for the Indians to start. But um, we're going to talk about Indians baseball and a lot about what you guys do over there because it's focused on that. Um, Please share with people um, what they can expect when they visit alwaysthejake.com. Yeah, so what I'd like to tell people is that uh, Always the Jake is a content center dedicated to sharing Cleveland Indians content and engaging the Cleveland Indians fan community. All right. Well, uh, real quick, as we're doing this podcast, please share with folks how they can follow you on social media. We know how that Indians Twitter gets, and they're gearing up right now. So, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you can follow us on Twitter at Always the Jake. You can find our Facebook page at Always the Jake. And, um, yeah, we have an Instagram account, but it's largely just for following the players, um, you know, just seeing what's up with the players' lives. But you can also, you know, Follow that account at Always the Jake. Very simple. And uh, 
Kyle, we're so happy to have you on the podcast. Um, the way the reason it stuck out to me, of course, Jake, who's not with us on this podcast, unfortunately, but um, <laughs> we always have the the problem when we're talking about you know the stadium and stuff like that, calling it Jake and just making a mistake not to call it Progressive Field. Like we're it's not like we're sponsored by Progressive or anything. So, um, but it's just funny. So we definitely love the name of the site and everything. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I I got the idea for the name. Um, obviously, like. A while ago, there was a there was a Facebook page that people started making, um, saying I will always call it the Jake, and you know it's not that we're you know diehard dedicated to eradicating the name Progressive Field from people's memories. You know, Progressive Auto Insurance obviously gives the Cleveland Indians a lot of money every year um, to you know have their advertisements played on their commercials and for the naming rights to the stadium, and we like that. You know. That's really good for the team because that means that they have more money. That means they're going to play better baseball. But there is just something about the nostalgia of Jacobs Field. You know, there's something about the Jake. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, we talk about baseball and we talk about Jacobs Field. Is there some memory that sticks out to you of opening day, um, even if it's just a stat or just a quick story you think of or anecdote? Um. So opening day this year or just talking about Jacobs Field in the past in general? Jacobs Field in the past in general. Sure. So, um, gosh, um, this this isn't necessarily an opening day story, so I'm, you know, I'm sort of like steering away from the question a little bit. But back during uh, the 1997 season, right, the, the All-Star game was hosted at the Jake. And um, – I remember getting to go to All-Star Fan Fest as a kid. I was eight at the time, and uh, my dad took me. I got to meet Sandy Alomar Jr. I got to meet David Justice, and then my dad um, actually went to the virtual batting cages and slammed a home run, and they um, ended up giving us tickets to the home run derby. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, (laughs) like the greatest moment of my childhood, man. No, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, Yeah. no, definitely. Great memory of the Jake. Absolutely. All right, let's get into talk about this season and uh, what we can expect from the Indians. Um, Let's talk arms. Um, We know how the front of the rotation is going to look, you know, from everybody from Kluber who's going up against King Felix to start off the, you know, whole baseball season. But the guys at the back end, we know Salazar starting on the the 10-day DL, but Clevenger, Merritt, that looked good in spring training. Uh, Can we expect those guys to make an impact on the rotation? How do you see that shaking out? Yeah, so I mean, first off, uh, Ryan Merritt's going to be starting the season on the disabled list, so we're not going to see him a whole lot right away. Um, the, the back end of the Cleveland Indians rotation is going to be Josh Tomlin and, of course, Mike Clevenger. Um, and, you know, we, we've seen Josh Tomlin for a number of years, right? We know who he is. He's, he's kind of a fly ball guy that when he's on, it's, it's all about his, his control and his command. You know, he is able – to locate that baseball, he is able to hit the glove wherever it lies. But when, you know, whenever that starts to to get away from him a little, he gets hit hard. So, I mean, when Josh Tomlin is uh, on a roll, let's say, like he he's reliable. But when when he's in a slump, the slumps are pretty disastrous. Mike Clevenger, on the other hand, um. My my buddy Evan Vogel, who also writes for Always the Jake, he actually put up his Mike Clevenger 2018 season preview uh, a couple of days ago, and sort of um, 
you know, got me on the Mike Clevenger hype train headed into 2018. Basically, like, I, I don't want to spoil too much. I would go to the website, always com and read the article. But there is loads of potential in Mike Clevenger's arm. He did stuff um, last year that, you know, nobody else was able to do. The guy walks a lot of batters, but the guy also is able to strike out a ton of people. And he's, you know, he's not a prospect anymore, right? This is a guy who's thrown almost 200 innings in the major leagues. Uh, so we can, I think we can really expect him to have a breakout season and, you know, sort of just show us all like, hey, we have a fourth ace behind Corey Kluber, Carlos Carrasco, and Trevor Bauer. Absolutely. Now, you got a lot of other content that you guys provide, and one of the videos that I saw was you talking about the new addition and Matt Belisle. Um, you tried to temper expectations on a YouTube video, but, um, mm-hmm. I mean, can this guy replace the old back tattoo and Brian Shaw, or is that too, that's asking too much because everybody loves Brian Shaw until he gave up those big runs? Um, you know, I I wouldn't expect Matt Belisle to be able to replace what Brian Shaw did for us. Um, but Brian Shaw kind of gets a bad rap among the Cleveland Indians fan community because he's, again, he's one of those guys where when he slumps, he slumps pretty hard. Um, but Brian Shaw, like over the course of the last five seasons, nobody in Major League Baseball has made more appearances or thrown more innings than Brian Shaw. He's just been this guy that you can always count on to come out of the bullpen and put up quality innings. So Matt Belisle, he's he's you know a 37-year-old pitcher. Like he's had good moments throughout the course of his career, and certainly like last year with the Twins when he became the closer, he put up solid innings. But he doesn't have that kind of velocity. He doesn't have that kind of nasty put-away pitch like Brian Shaw's cutter. Which um, if you actually take a look at a Fangraphs article, I can't remember the name of it, but um, at Fangraphs.com, somebody a while back wrote an article about Brian Shaw talking about the best pitches in the playoffs. I think it was either 2016 or last year, and Shaw's cutter is definitely one of those pitches. So Matt Belisle doesn't necessarily have a wow factor, and I don't know if uh, we can count on him for the same durability that we counted on Brian Shaw for, but you know he's there to be a middle reliever. You know He's not there to hold down the back end like Shaw was, I think. One person that we can look at this year and expect um, more out of than we've seen in the past is Zach McAllister. Mm. Um, yeah, and I know, like, you know, Zach McAllister's got a long tenure with Cleveland Indians, right? Like, we all remember him coming up from AAA Columbus as a starter. Um, oh, I, lo- I love the Zach attack. You know what I mean? I'm one of the few people, like, I mean, um, so, like, I get attached to guys, though, so. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he's a good guy to get attached to. It's just, like, it's one of those people that, you know, every once in a while he's shown flashes of potential, but he, he hasn't really um, held together consistently for the Indians. But this um, this spring, I remember I posted on the site at one point, he had a, a 1.35 ERA through, um, you know, spring training to that point. I don't know if it was that anymore, but uh, a 1.35 ERA and a, like a number of scoreless multi-inning appearances. Um, so I think we could see him used more in high leverage situations, you know, like Terry Francona can bring him in with runners on base the way he does Andrew Miller. And of course, I'm not saying Zach McAllister's Andrew Miller, but to have 
like a multi-inning weapon to to bring in at any time and sort of like put out fires, that's just another like really solid asset for the team. So if he can repeat that spring training performance over the course of the season, I think that's who we'll see more replacing the production of Brian Shaw than we will see Matt Belisle doing that, you know? Very good, very good. No, I like that a lot. I mean, you're a little disparaging. Oh, my God, I'm a big fan of the deer hunter, too, just because I feel like Tom has never let us down in a big spot, you know, in a series or anything like that. He might not, you know, get you through the month of June or something like that. He always slumps there, like you kind of said. But when the series are on the line and stuff like that, he comes out with a, a performance that's good enough to either match the offense or just not lose you a game. And that always, I mean, that's the most important thing to me. I don't know. Uh, sure. And yeah, so happy to be. We don't, oh, go ahead. Yeah, we don't expect much out of Josh Tomlin anyway. Like, I mean, we don't have, like, we don't need an ace-type Corey Kluber performance out of him or anything. You know, I think that's Fair why true. a lot of people look at this rotation and are freaking spoiled because of all the ridiculous pitchers we have. But, you know, Josh Tomlin, he's a number five guy. So yeah. it's not like, you know, the what he does for the back end of that rotation, like, if you look at, most other MLB teams, like a lot of them have trouble finding a fifth starter that can stay, you know, in the rotation and produce effectively at all. The fact that we have somebody that's been a fifth starter for what, however many years Tomlin's been with the team. Um, the only thing that I, um, that makes me cringe about Josh Tomlin is that he has the 13th homer to fly ball, 13th highest homer to fly ball ratio of all time among all pitchers in history. So I mean, you got to try to strike them out. You got to try to strike them out there. Uh, yeah. kind of, I mean, um, but you know, I mean, he he's going to give you 13, 15 games, you know, a season, and that's what yeah. you need on the back end of that. As um, long as some guys not giving you eight, so that's where you. I mean, I think that's exactly kind of where you point to. Nothing flashy, nothing, but just solid, um, mm-hmm. solid enough. Um, let's talk about a guy who you also break down on your site, which I thought this was an amazing one, is the guy who catches the ball from these guys pitching, and that's John Gomes. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you broke it down month by month. People can go back and check out that elevator of a year. We all witnessed it last year. But um, does he find a consistency this season? As you looked at the numbers last year, you said he kind of found power in September. Um, I, I'm hoping it was not the power from peptides like everybody else was talking. It was just <laughs> that he was doing something else in the gym. But um, and he started coming on in big spots, you know, clutch when, I mean, at least when we got into the playoffs for that first round. But, um, I mean, we need more from our catcher spot. I mean, kind of the Indians that went out searching for Lucroy. We all know how that worked out, but they need more. <laughs> um, they just need more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Jan Gomes has long been my favorite Cleveland Indian. So, okay. I, um, when I wrote the Jan Gomes 2018 preview for – uh, always the digbaseball.com, I was, you know, really excited to dig heavy into all of these different statistics and just sort of figure out what we can expect from Jan Gomes, um, who I refer to sometimes as the Brazilian Shin Dynasty. Um, and <laughs> sort of just, like, figure out what he's going to be for the Indians this year because he, this is a player who – um, is is maddening to try to predict, right? You know, in 2013, when he came up in those uh, 88 games or whatever it is he played, um, you know, he smashed 12 home runs, put up good offensive numbers, was a wizard behind the plate. And then, you know, we all remember 2014 when he won the Silver Slugger Award. But, um, you know, in the, the 2016 season, and in, in 2015, rather, sorry, uh, he just sort of started to fall off. And 
it was, um, you know, the, the injuries did not help. Uh, and, you know, some people say that, you know, the injuries messed up his timing to his swing, um, stuff like that. But it, there's also, like, you know, the adjustment period of when you become a good hitter in Major League Baseball, the pitchers sort of work hard to figure out how to get you out. And it, it, there's people that have theorized, like, you know, Jan Gomes might just have a swing that's full of holes. You know, it's it's easy to find spots where it's difficult for him to hit. Um, but in 2018, he started showing that he was going to, you know, not swing at all of those bad pitches. He was going to wait more for the pitches that he wanted to hit. And, you know, during a couple of those months, uh, he was just phenomenal, like one of the best catchers in baseball. But then, like, during others, he was a complete disaster. So this season, um, we're probably looking at a fairly even timeshare between Jan Gomes and Roberto Perez. Um, But I think overall, um, the catcher position is not – going to be a disaster ever again like it was in 2016 like these these are two guys Jan Gomes and Roberto Perez that we can count on to combine for above average production which again not a lot of major te- major league teams have um, the ability to rely on that not to mention Francisco Mejia who's ready to come up in AAA and start wrecking it if either of those guys get injured um you know, most teams have trouble finding even a backup catcher as it is. The fact that we have a catching duo that we can count on and somebody else waiting in the wings who's one of the most hyped-up prospects in baseball, that means the Cleveland Indians are well set at the catcher position more than most teams in baseball. I have no empirical data to back this up, but the guy's got to stop swinging at first pitches. I mean, you talk about holes in the swings and all that. I don't want to hear that. The guy's a catcher, man. Like, this is just for me watching baseball games. The guy is a catcher. He should be able to see the first pitch coming down the pipe and know not to swing at something wildly outside. So, if I see that again, I'm going to be all over the guy. I know he's your favorite player. And that's just, a, that's just a, a sticking point with me, you know. So, um, Well, and you know what? I think you hit on a good point, which is um, – when we see Jan Gomes at his best, it's going to be Jan Gomes being patient. The guy has, the guy has a terrible, terrible poker face. You can see whenever he swings at a pitch that he did not want to swing at or shouldn't have swung at, you could just see this look on his face. It's like, ah, oh, God damn it. Um, so he, if we see Jan Gomes starting to be patient, that's when – we know Jan Gomes is about to be on a roll. Absolutely. I got to be patient at the beginning of the season, too, because I get so dialed into every pitch, man. And guys start striking out, I get frustrated. But we don't have Carlos Santana to, uh, you know, mess us up in these situational at bats anymore. But some of the guys that were on the team a year ago, and Rajay Davis, who should help the base running, and Mike Napoli are back. Um, you know, do you think these guys are enough to get excited about, or should I be, you know, putting Yahir Alonso in my uh, fantasy baseball draft uh, DraftKings lineup too? Um, well, first of all, I think Yonder Alonso is something to be pretty excited about. Um, and I want to touch on a quick point. Like, you know, he is replacing Carlos Santana, who who does kind of, I don't know, get a bad rap among Cleveland Indians fans as well. Um, but he, Carlos Santana provided a stable force in the Cleveland Indians lineup, even if it wasn't for batting average or for power all the time. Um, 
the guy had a, like over a, like about a 365 on base as a Cleveland Indian, which means that you know you put him somewhere in the, the top of the lineup and then have the more consistent guys like batting behind him. They're he's going to be on base for them to drive him in, and I think Yonder Alonso um, has we have a lot to be excited about. Um, in addition to always the jakebaseball.com, I write for a site called MLB Trade Rumors, and I recently did the Cleveland Indians offseason preview. Yonder Alonso himself um, made some big adjustments, not only in his like swing path, but in his pitch selection, right? What we were talking about with Jan Gomes swinging at the right pitches. So Yonder Alonso boosted not only his power last year, but his walk rate was higher than it had ever been in his entire career. And he worked on, you know, swinging at the pitches that he thought he could drive with his legs. So we, he made some meaningful changes. And I think, uh, you know, starting around like the end of April, beginning of May, we're going to start to see Yonder Alonso owned in a lot more fantasy baseball leagues. Um, you know, as opposed to people just sort of thinking, oh, well, he fell off in the second half last year. As far as Rajay Davis and Mike Napoli, though, to answer your bigger question, yes, it is awesome to have these guys back in the team, even if, if, even if it's nothing else other than the nostalgia factor, right? Mm-hmm. That, that memorable 2016 postseason run, party at Napoli's every night, Rajay Davis slamming game tying homers in Game 7 of the World Series, like that is just something that we can all look at, and every time Rajay Davis comes to the plate, we can be like, that, that was the last game Rajay Davis played in the Cleveland Indians uniform, and we remember him for that. As far as actual production, like we know at this point that Mike Napoli has agreed to start the season at AAA, right? So the only time we're ever really going to see him is if, um, like, let's say Edwin Encarnacion gets hurt, has to spend a couple of days on the DL, then we might see Mike Napoli come up, bat from the right side of the plate, you know, in an effort to replace him. Um, Rajay Davis made the opening day roster, um, and he's a great tool for the Cleveland Indians to use. Um, and what I mean by that is that he's he can be, you know, deployed in a pinch running capacity. Like, the guy is 37 and does not seem to slow down right even last year with the Oakland uh, or with the Oakland A's and the Boston Red Sox I think he stole 29 bases even though he made less than 400 trips to the plate so we might see him just um, be used like you know sometimes as a a, you know the starting uh, left or right fielder depending on you know what the outfield composition needs to look like that day but I think more often um, he'll just be one of those guys that it's like, you know, late innings, Edwin Encarnacion walks, and we need somebody in scoring position to, you know, get ahead. You might just see people being lifted and Rajay Davis pinch running for them. Well, one of the things I felt that was lacking last season was without Rajay Davis there, I felt like we weren't aggressive in our base running the way that we were in 2016. They just, like, I mean, I know he had a huge number of stolen bases, but the team as a whole just wasn't, I mean, I, I know the numbers dropped off, but it just didn't feel like even in the situations we did have that I don't know. I don't. I it just. I just. I mean, I'm a, just a, a casual watch the game, not so much into the numbers guy. But I know the, the stolen bases dropped off. But I really 
correlate that to Rajay Davis not being in the locker room, mm-hmm. pushing these guys. I don't know if they had a bounty situation going on with somebody had to buy stakes for the bases that were stolen or what was going on. But <laughs> Rajay Davis left, and we didn't steal as many bases. So, you know, like. You, you know, it's interesting. There, To your point, there is actually a lot of empirical data to back that up. Not only did the Cleveland Indians steal fewer bases, but they were just a less good base running team. Less good? What am I talking about? They were a worse base running team on the whole, right? Like in terms of going first to third or, mm-hmm. you know, making it to to home on, um, you know, singles with a man on second. You know, like the, the team didn't just did not – um, add as many runs through base running. And who knows, maybe back in 2016, Rajay Davis was some guy like giving people crap about, you know, hey, why didn't you take this, you know, one to three? I'm 36 and I would have done that. Like, I don't know. Rajay Davis perhaps is a great base running presence, not just because of his speed, but because of his ability to be aggressive and just like his, his sense of timing. You know, so yeah. hey, maybe maybe that comes back a little this year. Maybe he nudges some of those guys in the right direction. The Rajay Davis effect. We'll definitely be tracking that this season. <laughs> um, another thing we'll be tracking this season. You just made me think about something, and it, it, I wasn't going to bring him up just because we know what the real answer is. But I think about Carlos Santana and how in 2016 the, you kind of threw out there, you know the numbers that he was stacking up and even last year, but last year he didn't have a guy that, you know, was kind of in front of him or behind him. And that was Dr. Smooth, Michael Brantley. We know Mm. that he's one of the most consistent hitters, especially clutch hitters that the Indians had, but we haven't seen it so long because of the health. If by the grace of God, he's healthy, that consistency that he can bring to the lineup with just his bat, knowing that how he can hit. I mean, what is the sky the limit or am I just, you know, is it just wait for him to be healthy kind of deal? You know, so it's it's so it's such a hard subject for me to talk about because every year I've been like, yeah, there's no real reason to think Michael Brantley won't come back from this. And mm. then, you know, like last year, like he just, you know, when it came time for late season, he just couldn't get back on the field. And then the year before, like, you know, we kept thinking, oh, Michael Brantley's going to come back now. No, he's going to come back now. And, then, you know, he ended up missing almost the entire season that year. So, for for their part, Chris Antonetti and the Cleveland Indians front office seems to believe that, um, you know, other players have come back from a similar ankle surgery and been just fine, right? And, you know, I think it's it's almost good that they're being really, really patient with Michael Brantley to start the season. You know, they're not trying to, to rush him back and get him back on the field sooner than than he needs to be. They're just, you know, trying to make sure he gets his time necessary to recover, right? And so we've seen that when Michael Brantley is at full strength, even last year, right, he made the all-star team again, right? He is still that hitter, right? And it's just as long as we can, he can make sure that, you know, that ankle is stable and that shoulder is free of pain, like, yes, this guy is the limit. This is a guy who was the uh, third runner-up, or the how do you say that? He he was the third place MVP in in the MVP voting, right? Um, so yes, if he can come back, then the sky is the limit. We could see another twenty homer, twenty steal season with amazing on base ability, clutch hitting, just 
having Dr. Smooth in the middle of the lineup really driving the heart of the Indians order. But I think that that will be a very interesting story to track, right? And then late season, if we do hear about, like, nagging injuries that are keeping Michael Brantley out of the lineup, I think all of our first instincts are going to be like, oh, no, the season's over for Michael Brantley again. And I don't think that that's necessarily true. Um, But I do think that if Michael Brantley has any more extended stays on the DL, like, it is going to be bad news and you know we should expect that you know well we we should prepare ourselves for the worst and hope for the best right yeah no i definitely agree with that um and it might be a shot in the arm when the indians need it they might go into a hulk guy for a bit of losing streak or something like that and then he comes back and uh provides a little energy that they need to get through you know the dog days of the summer or something like that so um yep how many comebacks can a team have though Kyle, I mean, uh, the guy that was the hottest in spring training, you guys got a great YouTube video up about it, Dirtbag, man. I mean, he was almost traded up out of here still. You know, I don't know if you got a story you're working on for your other site on that one too, but uh, Jason Kipnis, man, I mean, can we count on two comebacks, I mean, (laughs) for one team? You know, this is the main thing that I've been pushing about Jason Kipnis is when people doubt Jason Kipnis' ability to come back from something like this, look back. 2015, right? 2014 was the worst season of Jason Kipnis' career, right? He started off the season with that oblique injury, and, you know, when he came back, he never fully recovered, and he was terrible all year. But then in 2015, he comes out and has a month of May that's one of the greatest in Cleveland Indians history. I think he had something like 50 hits that month, and the rest of the year, he just, like, kept powering, like, past everybody's wildest expectations. You know, he had a four-and-a-half worse season, and then he did it again in the, the next year. So, yeah, I mean, 2016 was a real disappointment in terms of what Kipnis was able to do on the field. But, you know, he's had comebacks before. So I don't think – based on what he's been doing this spring, too, like slugging six homers in, like, the first, like, 15 games he played or something like that, yeah, Look for big things from Jason Kipnis. This is actually one of those things where I'm going to make a definitive statement and not be all wishy-washy about it. I think Jason Kipnis is going to rock it this year. All right, put put Kip, pick Kipnis up late, late pick, ladies and gentlemen, in that fantasy football, in that fantasy baseball draft. If you still got it going. Um, all right, the, the last question, and I mean this is a big one: Is this Lindor's MVP year? We're all hoping for it. Um, Lord knows the Indians could try to get him a new contract again, but I think they probably are going to settle with another arbitration year. I don't know how that's going to affect him. Um, it didn't affect him at all last year, but um, what are we expecting out of Francisco, man? And uh, I mean, you've used the word sky's the limit before. We know that with him, but are we taking this one to the bank, or has he got to go against Altuve and them and come up? Maybe he comes up third, just like Dr. Smooth did that year. Yeah, you know, it seems like the Indians have a lot of guys that can, like, at least get their name wedged into that race, right? Um, so, Francisco Lindor, the, the chances of the Cleveland Indians extending him this year are, I, I believe, almost nothing. Paul Hoynes, the Cleveland Plain Dealer, recently um, wrote, a, wrote a piece or tweeted, I can't remember exactly how he shared the information, but basically that the Indians had approached Francisco Lindor and Trevor Bauer about long-term extensions, but that it doesn't seem as though that's going to happen this season. And Francisco Lindor, for his part, um, I believe 
he has uh, some sort of contract with New Balance, right? Like, you know, marketing stuff. Um, so he's got millions and millions of dollars in secure money, like, there for him, right? He doesn't have, like, that same itching desire to, to get that first big payday. Like we saw with Scott Kingery of the Phillies this year, right? You know, he, he took a, a deal that could end up being really, really cheap for the, for his team um, just on for in exchange for the security of having that life-changing money. Francisco Lindor can already count on that life-changing money, so it, it just seems like he's one of those guys that has the – um, the safety right now to just go for the ceiling in terms of lifetime earnings. Um, it's just, it's really unlikely. I think that we see Francisco Lindor extended at all, which is a huge, huge bummer to me because I love his presence and I love the way he plays the game of baseball. And I wish he was a Cleveland Indian for life. Um, but focusing on the good and focusing on this season um, you are not the only person who has wondered, can, Frisco, uh, can Francisco Lindor uh, become an MVP this season? Uh, the uh, ESPN recently released, uh, you know, their uh, season predictions from a bunch of their analysts. And I think the most popular MVP pick among that group was Francisco Lindor, who was, I think, tied with somebody else, right? But uh, yeah, two people picked Francisco Lindor as their MVP candidate. And I think, like, you know, we saw a little bit of a drop-off with Francisco Lindor in terms of defense last year because he was focusing so much on his hitting. But, like, his hitting, like, wow. Like, you know, the guy slugged 33 home runs out of nowhere. So, like, if he can continue at those offensive levels while, like, fine-tuning his defense back to what it was before last year, not to mention um, – the shape, the physical shape that Francisco Lindor is in and, you know, what he came to spring training looking like. Like, the dude has biceps on his biceps right now. So I think Francisco Lindor, MVP, is, um, you know, you can never say with certainty whether or not somebody will be lodged in that race because baseball is such an unpredictable game. But, yes, he has just as good of a chance to be right there in that race with Jose Altuve or, you know, Aaron Judge or Giancarlo Stanton, um, Francisco Lindor could be right in there with them. All right, let's get to the most important question. Predictions for the record. Um, and uh, do we get this one across the finish line? Am I wearing a winter coat to a parade in November? Uh, you know what? The, the Cleveland Indians fan inside of me just is bursting with excitement about this season, right? I mean, it's a bummer to lose Carlos Santana, but the team has Yonder Alonso here um, to, to sort of offset some of that. Like, the bullpen's not quite as strong as it was, but, you know, the Cleveland Indians have a lot of young talent ready, waiting in the wings this year to, like, try to come up and impress and just be that next Jose Ramirez or be that next Michael Brantley, you know, that just sort of comes out of nowhere and and – starts, you know, wrecking opposing teams for the Cleveland Indians. I think that this is the year. I am really excited about the offense, about the defense in the infield, about Bradley Zimmer's chances to, you know, sort of emerge as that as yet another, like, awesome 
offensive juggernaut in the Cleveland Indians lineup. I think the, the pitching is just as good as it's always been. And last year, you know, the Cleveland Indians pitching was by, uh, by war the greatest pitching staff of all time. You've got that entire rotation coming back. Um, I think it, I, I want to predict 100 wins for the Cleveland Indians, but, you know, it's never, it's never smart to predict those kind of heights. I think my, my win prediction for them this year is 96 wins. I think they take the Central over the third straight year, and I, I do not see a reason to think that any other team is better primed for a World Series win. I mean, obviously, I can't say with 100% certainty that they are the team that wins it. But looking at all the competition around them, I think they are a better and more well-constructed team than the Astros because they have that depth, right? I think they have the offense to match the Yankees. I think they have the bullpen to lock it all together. This is the year. All right. Well, I'll leave it there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, very excited about opening day. And we're going to get Jake on to talk with Kyle and myself next week here uh, as we get closer to the home opener and have a better look at everything. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll hold you down to your next prediction after you get to see a couple games, Kyle. How about that one? <laughs> Absolutely. I, more reason to be excited, right? The games are starting, and that, that'll just provide me with even more energy for the next podcast. Absolutely. Uh, tell folks um, how they can follow you again on social media. And then uh, we know you mentioned Evan, all the other folks that you work with and uh, anybody else, any other shout outs you want to give? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, always the Jake, we are a fairly young website, right? Um, we just had um, our official launch on March 7th. And, uh, you know, you can find us at alwaysthejakebaseball.com. Just go straight to our website every day. We have new content. Um, and, uh, you know, we can be followed on Twitter at, at always the Jake and you can find our Facebook page. You know, we're going to be doing like Facebook live, like pregame and postgame chats. Uh, and that Facebook page is again, always the Jake. Uh, and I want to give a shout out to uh, Mac Chirilla of big stash designs for bringing together all of uh, the awesome for being such an awesome web developer, right? He, he took the, the image I had in my brain for the website and just sort of made it a reality I want to thank Brian Hyde and Evan Vogel and Steve Kinsella and Matthew Brett and Brian Braschetti, who are guys that have written with me in the past. And when I brought up, you know, the idea to start writing again, they were just like gung-ho all on board to just start putting more Cleveland Indians content in the world. Um, my buddy James Penka from college, who also joined um, to, you know, have his first official Cleveland Indians baseball writing outlet. Um, I am just really, really grateful that the site has come together and keep an eye out for a bunch of our new features to come. We are going to be connecting a full Cleveland Indians roster breakdown, depth chart, payroll breakdown, just any Cleveland Indians information that you want will all be in one place by the end of this month, and I'm really excited about it. All right. Well, we're excited to talk with Kyle again here. Uh, like we said, upcoming, you know, when we get close to the home opener, and Kyle, man, uh, we're always excited to talk to anybody about the Cleveland Indians and all things Ohio sports. So, man, thank you for your time on the podcast, and we look forward to talking to you in the future. Of course. Thank you so much, Demetrius. Go Tribe. Absolutely. As always, roll Tribe. All right, man, we're done, bro. Yeah. So, you feel good about I, that? Yeah, I guess I, I carried on a little longer than I expected to do with some oh, of the answers. I hope that's all right. 
it's a podcast, man. That's what we want. You know what I'm <laughs> People always say that, and it just cracks me up. It's like you can go on as long as you want to. That's what we're here for. So, yeah. Nice, man. Hey, this is a good time. Like, have me back on at any time. I'd love to talk more Cleveland Indians baseball with you. Yeah, no, definitely. We will definitely get at you here next week, man. Um, and I'll send you to I'll send you this as soon as it's done here. I think I'll be able to turn it around here before the game tonight. Um, I'm working on one other thing, but hopefully I get it done or get it done during the game at the latest. So it'll be up tomorrow morning. So. Sure, you gonna you gonna have the game on tonight? Oh yeah, oh yes, sir. Oh, I'll be live tweeting. You'll see, you'll see, you'll see me moving on the Twitter. Like I'm pretty good right. on social media when I'm engaged. So we've been we took a little hiatus and we're firing up the cylinders again. So. Good, good. Yeah, same here, man. I have, I have been busy this week, but like we, we're going to have content every day of the week from now on. No, I really like the stuff that you guys do, so, you know what I'm saying? Um, look, I, I spent a lot of time on there this morning, so that's what, and I appreciate your um, prompt reply and everything like that, so I think it's definitely we can help each other, um, you know, move forward, so I'm just creating. Yeah, for sure, man. Creating good content and, you know, sharing folks and whatnot. I'm going to give you guys a shout out on the Twitter here, a little closer to game time and stuff like that, so. Yeah, yeah, I'll do the same. And then, you know, of course, I'll, I'll retweet the podcast to all of our followers so they can find you as well. All right, man. Sounds good, brother. Thank you a lot. Of course. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.